Greetings, friends. I'm John Haspel. This is a Dhamma talk from Cross River Meditation Center in Frenchtown, New Jersey. If you find benefit from this talk, please support the restoration, the preservation, and the presentation of the Buddha's Dhamma with your donation at becoming-buddha.com. Thank you. Peace. So we're at the 12th class of our Wise Restraint Structured Study. Um, this sutta is on the Dukkha Sutta. This is the, uh, the key theme of the Dhamma, if you will. Is where the purpose of the Dhamma is to understand this one thing uh, so that we stop contributing to it in our lives. And we do that through uh, an Eightfold Path. The simplicity of this sutta, like most of them, uh, shouldn't be overlooked in its uh, the profound nature of what the Buddha is teaching here, um, and it helps to simplify the Dhamma because we can get even the study of dukkha very complicated and aspire dukkha or aspire labels to dukkha that then becomes a substitute for actually studying dukkha, and so the Buddha recognized that during his teaching career. And so simplify dukkha down to three forms. And when we look at this, uh, we look at our own stress. Our own stress will manifest in one of these three ways. It, it, as physical or mental pain, as the, um, the, the pain manifesting due to a fabrication or a wrong view of self in relation to the world, or simply because something that we're holding in mind changed naturally, because it's part of uh, change or impermanence is part of the world we live in, and we resist that change or have an aversion to change. So you can see how these three um, qualities of dukkha also relate directly to the, the three defilements of greed, aversion, and deluded thinking. And again, not to get too caught up in lists, but again, the, the Four Noble Truths, developing understanding of Four Noble Truths ends... Um, the pain of the three defilements of greed, aversion, and deluded thinking. And it is through understanding pain in these three ways and in no other way. In other words, to um, in this moment, as dukkha arises, to recognize that, yes, this is a pain of the body or of the mind, or it's a, it's a pain due to a fabrication, which can be um, similar to or the same as a bodily or mental pain, or the pain of change, which is probably a component of the previous two. And that's the unrecognizable change that we are here to recognize. That is that I don't want anything to change about myself because I decided this is me. And so the Dhamma brings us up against very subtle aspects of self, of I-making, and then asks us in a very gentle way to recognize the fabrication in this and simply let it go. So on one occasion, Venerable Sariputta I'll keep attributing this to the Buddha. This is Sariputta. On one occasion, Venerable Sariputta was in Nalaka. The wanderer Jambadika approached him with a question. Wise friend, when speaking of stress, which forms of stress are referred to? Friend Jamba, I always mess his name up. Jambukadika, how's that? There are three forms of stress. There's a stress of pain. And again, as I'm reading this, recognize uh, how you relate to these, these forms of stress. I think you'll recognize that you react to these forms of stress. There are three forms of stress. There's the stress of pain, the stress of fabrication, or the stress of my own ignorance manifesting in the world, and the stress of change. 
And then he concludes that statement by saying, these are the three forms of stress. That's it. Wise teacher, is there a path of practice for the full understanding of these forms of stress? The full understanding. Not just a dictionary explanation of it, but a, a, a direct experience of understanding this. And Saraputta says, yes, there is a path, a practice, for developing a full understanding of these three forms of stress. And this path is precisely the Noble Eightfold Path. So again, there's, there's never any ambiguity about what we're practicing within Buddhism as the Buddha teaches Buddhism, as the Buddha teaches the Dhamma. There was constant ambiguity for me, maybe other people with, with much more brilliant minds than mine didn't see it that way, but there was constant ambiguity with all of my modern Buddhist practice until I studied just the suttas. So what is that Noble Eightfold Path? That Noble Eightfold Path is right view, right intention, right speech, right action, right livelihood, right effort, right mindfulness, and right meditation. This, friend Jambadika, is the path to practice for developing the full understanding of these three forms of stress. And remember that the Buddha teaches that right view is an understanding of dukkha. Then he says, this path is an auspicious path, an auspicious practice for the full understanding and abandonment of reacting to these three forms of stress and a development of moment-by-moment refined mindfulness. That last refers to wise restraint in this moment. Moment-by-moment refined mindfulness. And what is refined mindfulness? Refined mindfulness is an absence of me in it. It's an absence of I-making. That's why we call it refined, because it's not common. It's not the common way of living in the world, which is always seeking to satisfy me. It's the much more refined way of living in the world, which is an awakened view, and a view that's rooted in full human maturity, a refined view. This is not me. This is not mine. This is not what I am. And in that way, Through deep concentration, I am simply a reference point to what's occurring. And now I'm a reference point to what's occurring. And now I'm a reference point to what's occurring. It gets pretty boring, doesn't it? (laughs) But it's also very peaceful. And then something occurs. Yeah! I'm just a reference point to what's occurring. And in so doing, I I gain great insight to the things that I used to be reacting to in the past. And how is that great insight gained? Not through magical or mystical experience. It's gained through me being present for life. The answer to all the mysteries of human life are simply to be present for the moment. And not for the next moment, to be present for this moment. Ah, damn it. Awesome. I thought I had it hooked up. It was such an inspiring speech, too, wasn't it? Always is. Not, damn it. I, don't, I can't think of what I can do. That was not working. I think there's something wrong with the battery of this thing. Oh. Hmm. Let me try this. I, can get it back. I think that was one of the greatest talks I ever gave. Look what happened. <laughs> I have mine in my car if you need it. No, this should this should work if I'm signed out. I just don't know if the others will. Um, if you can hear me, I'm signing in on another computer. <laughs> I don't know if you can. <laughs> Recording in progress. Yeah, it's just me in the room. 
All right, well, maybe it'll be able to get back on and realize what occurred. Um, so what do you think, Laura? It's, we had a talk before. This relates directly to that, doesn't it? Yeah. 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 And, uh, well, I, I'm reminded of the, you know, the, one of the previous talks on right view being dependent on, you know, not only understanding stress, but that comes through seclusion of the mind, dispassion, and, ces and cessation. But then we talked about, you know, just being open-minded to the present moment unfolding as yep. it is and not trying to grasp after new ideas, you know, fabricated ideas. I'm sorry, Lauren. Now I'm getting distracted. I heard what you said. Oh, I know. No, he's not. He's in the old Let me just do this. So... You're seeing dukkha, I think, not now as an opportunity and not as a problem. Because in this moment, you're able to, to recognize stress arising as it arises, whether it might be anger or fear or, or desire. Right. And just, okay, I don't have to do anything with this. Just recognize that it's here. And that's exactly what you said earlier today, yeah. too, with it. Yeah. That's Dharma practice, and it's so liberating, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I'm not always consistent but it, like I was telling you earlier, it's not like I act in an extremely irrational way, but you know, sometimes it, it takes a while sometimes with some of these aversions to work through them. It's not always instantaneous that you can let go of an aversion. Yeah, but that... But that, at least we're observing it. You know? Yeah, and in that non-instantaneous moment is the Dhamma practice. In other words, it, it does take a little yeah. bit of time and so I keep thinking of this thought that uh, I read in a book years ago, uh, Future Shock by Alvin Toffel, that time is the currency of exchange that makes all things possible. So in that moment mm -hmm. that's not instantaneous is the purpose of time, to awaken. Mm -hmm. And so that little process that you had to go through is Dharma practice. In other words, the emotion that generated the this is not me, this is not mine moment, is Dharma practice. Mm. And mm. so if that moment That's takes true. five moments or a million moments, what, what's the difference? Right, it's still the practice. It's still, still the practice. Practicing. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Who was it that said that time was the interval between the intent and the oh, yeah. result oh. of the intent? I gotta look, we got to look oh, it up that's because good. that's pure Dharma. I know who you're talking that's about, really, though. Yeah. Subtle. You're, you're the observer, and you're observing your own mind. I, I find that fascinating. That with your developed practice, that's that space too. That you can actually see the arising, and, and yeah, yeah. That it, it, without doing anything, it's passing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, you don't have to And it takes that yeah, self my self referentiality ego out of it, right, when I try to just be an observer. Yeah, and what David just said, and where else would it be? But right here. Yeah. Where else could we do anything to help ourselves unless we're present for ourselves? Not for 
you, and I got nothing against therapy, but even for a therapist, this is up to me to do this, this final step, if you will, mm-hmm. by recognizing this is not me, this is not mine. Whatever the disturbance is in our mind, and that's what this little sutta says, there's three forms of pain. What is it? What's going on right now? Is it a physical pain that I'm taking personally? Mm-hmm. Saraputta or me or the Buddha would say, well, don't, because it's a consequence of having a human life. Mm-hmm. Is it a disturbance in my mind, a mental pain? Okay, yeah, that's what's occurring right now. Don't. Take a breath. It's not personal. Or is it a belief that I've created of the world that all Republicans are low lives, mm-hmm. or Democrats are low lives? Mm-hmm. Take a breath and recognize that's a fabrication that's hurtful to me and others. Let right. go of it. Right. It's not based in any form of reality. It might be based in a relative reality, but nothing that I want to engage with. Or is it just the fact that things are changing so quickly? There's a, a, there's a, a virus in the world that there wasn't yesterday. Right. Or whatever it might be. Or there's a storm coming. It's just change. And, we think and it's, it's what occurs as a consequence of having a human life. There have been plagues before. There will be plagues in the future, there have been hurricanes before. Mm-hmm. There has been arguments before. There will be arguments in the future. We think we're so unique. Don't yeah, we? well, we think mm-hmm. we're so unique. And we also think three, that this moment is so unique. When there's nothing, can problems. be unique in it. It falls in these, these three buckets. Yeah. And there's nothing unique about how I try to specialize my little dukkha. It's special. It's unique. Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, it's one of these three. Yeah, exactly. That's what therapy seems to do, which is so not helpful. Like, oh, my stress is so unique. Oh, I'm so, you know, mm-hmm. not that it's bad to see a therapist, but uh, it's just like... You need to find a good one, for one. Who knows? <laughs> and I, there's one in the next building right here who's very good at not of non-eye-making uh, um, therapy. I mean, she's good at it. So. Attached to your dukkha. Yeah. You're enamored almost with it. Yeah, it would have to be a a a, a non Freud based uh, type of practice therapy, which is really hard to find someone who a therapist today wasn't yeah, influenced by Freud. Like, but he he really got everything wrong, you know. It's just, yeah, and the problem is a lot of these like modern psychoanalysis or whatever they they actually take things from Buddhism or modern Buddhism, like oh like, yeah, these mm-hmm. mindfulness based stress techniques. Yeah, and then that confuses you even further because it's like. You know, they're, I don't know, trying to integrate that with cognitive behavioral therapy or some mm-hmm. other... Oh, and then they try to bring it to, to this practice as well. Yeah. Right. And it, and it doesn't work. I was, um, I was a psych major in, in college, you know, 40 years ago. And I've been following, you know, how, how therapy has, has so-called evolved over, over those decades. And uh, it's still a guessing game. And yeah. there's still no, and it doesn't have what this has, right. which is a and, solid foundation. And there's no evidence that. And, and, and a solid understanding of the human mind. Right. There, there are some ideas there. Brian wanted to uh, try to get back in and he couldn't. He texted oh, me. He is texting you. you could text him back and ask him to try, to try again, um, even though we're going to finish soon. The, um, there is quite a few. Um, peer-reviewed papers done by the, the, the psychological and psychiatric communities that said the, the psychological model that developed in the 60s does not work. Mm-hmm. But that hasn't stopped anybody. And it's like pharmaceuticals. There's just so much money in it. Mm-hmm. How can people stop? Well, 
they'll stop when they're more mindful about what they're trying to do, which is if you're going there to heal, heal yourself, you're going to find a lot of people that want to support you in that. And you can't blame therapists for that, mm-hmm. you know, because they're just giving you what you want. You can't blame the, the bartender for selling you a drink. It's right. what you want. Yeah, that's you know? true. Um, but we can take control of that. And again, I'm not saying that we should never go to therapists, um, but we can, in what the Dhamma deals with, we don't need a therapist for. So there might be other things that we'd go to therapists for, and I guess that's fine, but um, the Dhamma deals directly with eye-making, which is at the root of all mental illness, isn't it? Yeah. But sometimes, it, this, I mean, we've had plenty of people come to me, and I've talked to plenty of people with um, I diagnosed mental illness. Like psychiatric, like... Yeah, and some of them have done okay, and I won't say who they are, they're still with us. Um, and some of them just couldn't get past that uh, one of the difficulties of uh, most depression and anti-anxiety medications is they work by diffusing your concentration. And if you think about someone who is uh, so self-involved to the point of becoming depressed or anxious, yeah. clinically anxious, it's an extreme self-centered view, isn't it? Everything's happening to me. And so the, the medication is designed to take your thinking away from that focus, everything's happened to me, and just diffuse it. And it works often, Maybe. <laughs> uh, but it, it also can preclude you from Dharma practice, making it very difficult to, deep, to develop a deep concentration necessary. But yeah. uh, people do. Um, so what else do you have to say, Laura? Kind of a, uh, <laughs> well, I guess just, yeah, oh, I wish my dad was here for this uh, talk because he'd really, he, he's probably going to come soon, I think. I'm going to really well, I'll, encourage I'll post him it, more. so I ask him to listen. Yeah, it's, I think I just, rather than keep nagging him about it, I think he wants to, but maybe he's a little afraid in some ways, but I think, no, this is helping me um, come from a place of, like, just encouraging him gently, like, Mm -hmm. in the beginning, I kept saying, oh, you have to come with me, how come you're, you know, I told you about it last week, don't you want to come? But I have to come from it from a place of just, like, you know, because he suffers a lot from depression and anxiety, and it's really not his fault. It's the doctors that prescribe these, like you were talking oh, yeah. about, these psychiatric drugs that, I mean... How long has like he been taking, if I can ask? I'm going to getting it some personal three stuff. Three or four years. Okay, it's not so long that he's mm-hmm. beyond the point of no return with him. But he's like, ever since I've known him, since I was, you know, born, like, well, aware of that, like, aware of having a father, he's like the most selfless person I know like yeah but that could be part of a fabrication though mm-hmm. you know Who I mean knows, like, which is great maybe. so yeah again pure speculation we really shouldn't go there but just as you made the point that it's not his fault it's just who he is mm-hmm. and you know it's this it, is he, what's occurring yeah right now. it's not Sometimes wrong but certainly you'd like yeah, to see some at that stage of, of life as a as a parent you 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 get to and you get to see that all the strategies that you've been using for all these decades mm-hmm. are just not working. Yeah. And uh, that'll, that'll throw you in some deep depression. Yeah, that's, yeah. <clears throat> Even just to, you know, I assume your dad's probably around my age. And, yeah, um, he's right around your age. So you, you're starting to think about what you've accomplished in life, and, and mm-hmm. most people will say it wasn't enough, no matter, I mean, he, he looks at, you know, the beautiful family that he, he raised, and 
took care of. That's enough, you know, and it should be. That's a, that's a, a, a person's greatest accomplishment, I think, being, you know, being a responsible parent. So, but when you're full of, as we talk about, self-loathing, it's hard to recognize the 99% and you get stuck in the one. Yeah, and I yeah. fall into that trap a lot too. I mean, mm. we've talked about this. You know, You're a human earlier, being. Just, you know, how, I mean, you know, I'm already in my mid-30s and it's, you know, not at all where I plan to be. You know, mm-hmm. I had some things that kind of threw a wrench in my plans. You know, oh, I thought I would get a, you know, grasping after, you know, first I was going to be a farmer, but then I got Lyme disease and mm. then I was going to, you know, go for my PhD, but then that was like, I couldn't even concentrate until I got through the, it's like life occurs, dukkha occurs. When you don't take it personally, then the concentration, you know, is heightened. Oh yeah, yeah. Despite all... Because it's more reactive. Yeah. Despite all these problems we have, it's like you can still, you know, maintain a higher sense of focus with this kind of practice, quieting the mind. And otherwise I just you know, cling to the past and cling to uncertainty of the future. And yeah. What were we talking about? The um, There's that part in the sutta about this is an auspicious day or yeah. let's talk about... In this moment. In this moment, right. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, yeah. we're going to have the Bhattacharata Sutta is early in this in the retreat. So. Oh, okay. Good. Yeah. So I, I know you're, you're an extremely old woman at 30, <laughs> 35 <laughs> and you really don't have much time left. But no. <laughs> Ron, would you say, Laura, better hurry up and, and get it done? Because <laughs> if you don't get yeah, it, tomorrow uh, that, we're, all, we're all being silly. Yeah, you should. Tomorrow that <laughs> bus is going to come around the corner and that's it. The, uh, you are that's fortunate so to have come to the Dhamma at such an early age. And actually fortunate. to have a, a mind that is so inclined towards it. Because most people of your extremely young age, from my point of view... Um, there's still, and this is normal. At the younger you are, the more you are in a sta- the more caught up you are in establishing yourself in the world, because that's you're at that stage in your life. What am I going to be? What am I going to make of myself? Right. Um, and you're at, you've come to the Dhamma where you can interrupt the distraction of eye making, and simply be mindfully engaged with building your life. And so I think you realize now, maybe more so than ever, that your life can be anything you want it to be. I'm not talking about the structure, like, you know, a million dollars and a penthouse on Fifth Avenue, whatever <laughs> nonsense. I know it's not your thing, right, right. but nothing external. But you realize now you can build a quality of mind that is unsurpassed, no matter what you are able to achieve in the world. Right. You can achieve that unsurpassed quality of mind. And then it doesn't matter whether you're, you're 35 taken to the Dhamma or 66 or whatever. In the external conditions of your life that possibly up until now you've judged as lacking simply because they're not present and you're just resting in this this moment and when you're not you know how to come back to this moment yeah but also understand at at your age there is such a thing as skillful desire and that means the skillful desire to live in this moment whatever this human moment is and human beings are very fortunate that they can have a lot of uh discrete moments and discrete experiences and you're young enough to have a lot of them <laughs> really so uh, you're fortunate to come to the Dhamma at this age but it you know we're all fortunate to come to the Dhamma when we do well, so it's like a necessity it's like yeah. having food shelter and I mean 
medicine, and then you need this, otherwise my mind is crazy. Yeah, well, when the Buddha said every human being needs four things, he was assuming that we understood that Dhamma would be the foundation for those other four (laughs) things. Food, clothing, shelter, and medicine resting on the Dhamma. Exactly. You know, then then each moment is a fulfilling moment, no matter what it is. Do you notice on the retreats that there is that, uh, just, I imagine it is like, you know, it just gives an opportunity, well, it's in a beautiful place, but for that seclusion of mind and, but it's just an opportunity, I guess, for that heightened concentration even further, because we're really going to be, I mean, doing it, doing this most of the day and engaging and... And even when we're not in, engaged in class, you're still you're still in a, a naturally secluded place. Right. You're not in your normal routine where you can run down to the uh, run somewhere and visit your friends or et cetera, or go shopping, whatever it might right. be. You're here, and you're here mm-hmm. for a purpose, uh, and it's easy to develop that purpose. And yeah, you're right. The, the structure of the retreat lends itself to that focus. You know, there's a lot there. The one thing I would say, and I say it in the beginning, mm-hmm. is don't become overwhelmed by the amount of suttas that we cover. They're not meant to be uh, fully understood and fully implemented. It's just, it's our time to expose ourselves to the Dhamma in a setting where you can actually practice it. Yeah. And, and, no, uh, I'm, I'm glad we're going to be doing that because yeah. I mean, I've, I've mentioned it multiple times, but that retreat that I went on years ago at that other New York retreat, like, most of it, I told you, was silence. It was on, you know, cultivating a beginner's mind and that yeah, sense mm-hmm. of... But I was confused. And then we did this walk together. And Yeah, I did the we, walk. You did that? Yeah. <laughs> it's we, a wonderful walk. I it mean, it was wasted yeah. by what we were doing, really. Yeah. It was... So, it, it was, um, was it brutally... When Thich Nhat Hanh leads walking yeah. meditation, it's brutally slow. Right. Was it, it like was, that? Yeah, it was. Yeah, I mean, it was like, come on, take a step already. I mean, like, yeah. I mean, it, it really, it was, it was just and then I was annoying. Afra- like, I was afraid to eat too fast. Like, I felt like I was committing like a sin. Everything was in slow motion. Yeah. 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 And again, we're we're putting. We're, and then we're I was not judging other people for eating too fast, and it was like, yeah. it was confusing. And then we had to, you know, take this object from nature. Like, I took a leaf and oh, yeah, draw yeah, yeah. it without any kind of attaching any kind of label to it and just mm-hmm. being with the leaf but I was like it was it's nice, just a leaf. but I didn't have anything to come home and like implement yeah. it strategy mm-hmm. to implement yeah. it in the world it was yeah. just exactly. it was a pleasant time and so that pleasant. you know pleasant yeah. time is nice it's a beautiful place a beautiful setting my dad he drove me up there and he picked me up so I wouldn't have to drive wow. all the way because I was right out of uh, high school actually yeah but I didn't understand at all what was yeah, you know. and I think one of the more special times at retreat is in between. It is opportunity to, like I remember just sitting with Matt and having a long discussion and in a weaving between just normal conversation and you know suttas mm-hmm. and being able to flesh it out. And yeah, just you know the opportunity to sit with people and. Yeah. See where yeah. they're at. Work things. Yeah. 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 The whole retreat is structured like that. That's the only distraction there is there. If there, if, if you could call it a distraction, right. the nice thing is that like the facilities are, are just perfect. You you don't have. There's nothing that you need to take care of. Right. The food's there. 
you know, everything yeah, is taken care so of. Nice. So you can just, you know, all these distractions that, that kind of keep you, you, you know, you busy keeping your life mm -hmm. going, it's gone. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, there's a reason why we, we took we chose that place, and it was one of it was one of the reasons was that I knew that awesome it would God. either be just us there or, or likely just one other group, as opposed to mm -hmm. um, you know what's that the place in Rhinebeck I can't think of now they have six or eight retreats going Omega on at the same Institute. time, and the most of them do most. Omega. Omega. Yeah, uh, this place that we had a couple oh, of twelve Omega. step retreats, Huge. the Ashoka House, yeah. it would. They would house us. They would just be us, mm -hmm. but the accommodations are so poor. I mean, they, oh, I remember wow. we had a, re a retreat, a, a workshop up there, and the food was just atrocious. I mean, it was just <laughs> horrible. I couldn't imagine. Yeah, yeah and, and, and <laughs> that they would treat really uh, or serve this to people, but uh, really. <laughs> but so that's the point. I mean, that would be a place we could go to, but right. and yeah. a very, very rustic, beautiful setting right on the Ashokan Lake. Uh, named after King Ashoka, interesting enough. But it's just a horrible yeah. place. So we're we're so fortunate we found this place. <laughs> they take such good care of us, and uh, yeah. yeah, and it's not it's not Ashoka, King Ashoka. Um, I love the Ashoka Reservoir. That's a beautiful. It is beautiful. Yeah. Have you been on the ah? There's a trail in Hybrids that I used to start. The, heck, the trail. trail. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Is, have you been on yeah. that? Oh, yeah. Isn't that, that was one of my favorites, and, and it's right here. Uh, there's an old blast furnace yep. right in Highbridge. Yeah. Um, what was it called? The Taylor or something or other Iron Works or company. Yeah, I can't think of it. Well, first it was like a prototype for like an early 18th century blast furnace. Yeah. Colonial, and then it was, you know. It's just a great walk. Yeah. Okay, we'll get back to class. <laughs> so, um, all right. Do you have anything to say on this subject? I think I'm good. Rob? Um, I'm actually good. This was, this was a great discussion. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And, and it's too bad that, you know, when you, when you, it, it's, it's good to hear you talk about your, your dad because, you know, again, he's somebody in, in kind of my, um, my frame of, of age. <clears throat> and, um, but he just, he probably went... So you have you actually have the fortunate thing that your plans didn't work. His plans pretty much kind of worked, you know, and, and he he was he was in the plan and it's it's all great. And now he's kind of done with with the plan, yeah. and now he's he's banging his head against like now what? Yeah, you know. Yeah. And uh, I was yeah. lucky enough to you know bang my head up against that at, at 22 um you know it still took me 40 <laughs> years to, to get here but still but you did but i did yeah yeah um and and it was much easier for me to to move into this and to see the value of the dharma than it would be for him because he still has a huge amount of stuff to to abandon yeah uh, but he could still do it you know and, yeah. and you know, let alone you know uh, Catholicism, um, but just you know, uh, you know, through society, you know, the family thing and the, and the career and all that, um, it sets you up for um, just this. It's difficult to break out of that that thing that you build up for. 
of 40 years. Yeah. Uh, it's different. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, don't go easy on, on the poor guy. I know. It's tough. Um, and you know when you're when you're young like like I was you you still have that flexibility of mind you can change your mind mm-hmm. it's much harder when you're in your 60s but you yeah. can you can but it, it's hard it's, yeah, yeah it's difficult well he would get whether he if he ever comes here and if he ever gets to full human awakening isn't the point right. if he comes here the point is that he practices the Dhamma as best That's as he can right. yeah you know, so I hope he comes. I, I think he'll, he will. I know you're day. always, all of you will be very welcoming. Oh, oh yeah, of course yeah. you will. I'd well, like to you just... know, see the difference. You see um, Jen and, and Becky. You know? Yeah. There, there's a mother daughter. Yeah. I Which know. It's actually so special pretty, to have your father yeah. right here, too. That would be nice. Yeah. yeah. It really is. You I mean, probably a... won't see my son or even my wife here. But, <laughs> you know. Um, She's practicing her. That's stuff. that's just what it is. Yeah, and yeah. She, she's had a lifelong practice. It gave her a lot of uh, direction and camaraderie. Mm-hmm. It's better than, you know, she lived a she lived a life. Quality wise, better than most people. You know, mm-hmm. that, uh, fully engaged with you know doing what she wanted to do for the most part, right? Yeah. You know, you gotta you gotta give it to Anita. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a, it's a yeah. very, she's a remarkable woman. Will in that. she come on the retreat, or she she'll be at home? Nope. Yeah, yeah. it's really not her practice. It's too boring, not enough love. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and and, and from her I, point, I make it you know I make it very clear to her what what is there, right, and, is and uh, whenever there's stuff going on in in her life, I I'll give her this perspective, and you know, and and a lot of times I hear, well, yeah, yeah, and and this practitioner told me exactly what you've been telling me all this time. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh, I, I hear that all the time too. Well, everybody's teaching the Four Noble Truths. Sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> sure. I never heard it. <laughs> Thank you, Ram. Dharma teacher David. You good? I'm good. Did, did you say you were good? I thought I... I'm good. Okay. <laughs> I didn't want to put you're good in your mouth. Uh, all right. Well, uh, we had the other ones. We lost the other ones, but it's my fault. I didn't have it. Damn thing charged up. Such a bad Dhamma teacher. The worst that ever lived. What am I doing? I don't like to do that yet. Yeah. Alright, we'll finish with meta as we always do. So take a moment to become mindful of your in-breath and your out-breath. And these are the Buddha's words on metta from the Karaniya Metta Sutta. This is what should be done by one who is skilled in goodness and who knows the path of peace. Let them be able and upright, straightforward and gentle in speech, humble and not conceited, contented and easily satisfied. Unburdened with duties and frugal in their ways, peaceful and calm and wise and skillful, not proud or demanding in nature. Let them not do the slightest thing that the wise would later reprove. May all beings be at ease. Whatever living beings there may be, whether they are weak or strong, omitting none, the great or the mighty, medium, short or small, 
the seen and the unseen, those living near and far away, those born and to be born. May all beings be at ease. Let none deceive another or despise any being in any state. Let none through anger or ill will wish harm upon another. Even as a mother protects with her life her child, her only child, so with a boundless heart to one cherish all living beings. Radiating kindness over the entire world, spreading upwards to the skies and downwards to the depths, outwards and unbounded, freed from hatred and ill will. Whether standing or walking, seated or lying down, free from drowsiness, one should sustain this recollection. This is said to be the sublime abiding. By not holding to fixed views, the pure-hearted one, having clarity of vision, being freed from all sense desires, is not born again into this world. Thank you all for a wonderful class tonight. Peace. Thank you for listening. I rely on donations to support the continued restoration, preservation, and presentation of the Buddha's Dhamma. If you find benefit here, please consider a donation at becoming-buddha.com. Thank you. Peace.